0: uh speaking of which boys it's that time of month i got to send out venmo requests
1: oh, oh for streamyard okay
0: <laughs> yeah all okay. right i think that's the intro right there <laughs>
1: <laughs> for streamyard our platform where we stream the us men's national team and mls games and other great content that you should check out sometimes once a month guys it's it's that time of the month Welcome, welcome to Footy Fellas. welcome to Footy Fellas. Coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're gonna be talking soccer, life, playing games, playing mind games. We got a little something for you. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube at Footy Fellas Pod. F O O T Y Fellas Pod. Today is a special episode because we're going to do the whole episode in 30 seconds. Jones, go.
2: Uh, there was uh, there was uh, some game uh, uh, being played this weekend, and uh, I watched
0: it. I see. There have been some managerial shakeups in the soccer world, and I want to talk about it. The MLS playoff race is getting pretty exciting. We'll catch you next week on Footy Fellas. Footy Fellas! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, how am I such a moron? Dude, I cannot multitask to save my life. Jones, I actually just paid you (laughs) $8.34 for StreamYard. So can you just send me back double that?
2: (laughs) Yeah, You have to request it, actually. I'm pretty passive in my Venmo world. Negotiate. Go ahead.
1: This
0: is your platform to negotiate, (laughs) getting
2: your money back. You do not want to give me this leverage, sir. (laughs) It's funny. There's an interest rate that comes with it, too.
0: Oh, no. Is it
2: per hour, per minute? Uh, pretty much. Time is ticking. Much like time is ticking <laughs> on on
1: say it. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's managerial reign.
2: I'll
1: yeah. say that. We're going we're to be talking managers. We're going to be talking the MLS playoff race as it heats up today. And no, the episode won't be 30 seconds. If you're still listening, you figured that one out. <laughs> uh, but it will be a, a quick episode. So we're going to get to these two topics. You want to start with Ole? Let's do it.
2: So for context, guys, we haven't really talked much, but I was, I was at a, at a friend's like, um, S- Michigan summer home, uh, over the weekend. And it was a kind of a couple's weekend and the girls would gravitate towards their thing. And the guys would gravitate towards a TV and watch whatever game happened to be on at the moment. And it was the United game that was playing. Um, and, and, in it, I came I came with the attitude, hey, let's lose. Let's just lose quick. Let's get Ole out of here. Let's move on. Turned out to be a decently successful game. Um, and now, uh, I think as of today, there's been a ton of rumors saying like, hey, uh, uh, well, it's not a rumor. Nuno is gone. No longer the coach at Tottenham. And in his place, Tottenham has swooped in to pull uh, Conte, potentially. Uh, not completely confirmed, but it looks like it. So it looks like there's been a fun little doopity-doop. Happening um, uh, in in the Premier League with regards to who's going to be a manager. My quick my quick heads up for everyone here is: it looks like Ole. I don't know if if he's able to keep this formation uh, and make it work against Atalanta and then against Man City in the next two games. He he might be able to stick around definitively through the winter break. We'll see. Um, conversely, Conte to Tottenham feels like it could work for them, um, but it is. It is. I. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really care about Tottenham. I think it could work for them, but I think just generally they're they're in a decline. They don't. They're just in a weird place. Like they're in a rebuild, but they don't want to accept that they're in a rebuild. Kane and Son are like, what are they doing there? It's yeah. I don't know.
1: That's all I say on that. What's your What's your take? I see this is all on the back for anyone that didn't catch this weekend's games. Man, you beat Tottenham three to nil dominated the game and Nuno Espirito Santos the Tottenham manager has now been fired like Jones said they're looking for a replacement. it's probably Conte I see what say you
0: as far as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is concerned um, he always does survive when his job is on the line it seems like and I'm not sure you know what str- strategy, strategical changes he made against Tottenham, or if Tottenham really is just that much poorer than a Liverpool? Um, but when I watched the Tifo video outlining Manchester getting smacked by Liverpool, it uh, yeah, it was obvious that they were kind of all out of cahoots and not not playing as a cohesive unit. So I didn't watch the game, um, and so I'm not sure how United. Um, Stacked up in that regard. Um, Actually, I caught a little bit of it, but regardless. Uh, Yeah, I think Ole, he'll survive uh, probably for the whole entire season. Um, Conte, though, will be interesting. And I watched a little Tifo video on him on how he can change up the Tottenham team. And um, yeah, you know, just very quickly on Conte and Tottenham. I also don't like Tottenham. They're just kind of a side team for, you know, like, oh, they're top six, kind of. Um, But there are a lot of good pieces to that puzzle, which is a team that Conte has to work with. So they uh, they could turn it around. Not only good pieces on the
1: current squad, but he wants a one hundred million dollar bag of money to play within the transfer window. That's what I saw online. So does that mean they're going to sell Kane,
2: Ooh. or or you know, is he actually putting his money where his mouth is and, and going to feed him up? I don't. I don't see it. I, I just generally, I, Tottenham and and Levy. Arsenal are just not especially Levy, but uh, uh, or Levy, Levy, or Levi, Sorry. Levi Strauss jeans. Um, uh, but regardless, just I don't know. Seems toxic. You know what's not toxic? Getting
1: fifth place for Man United. Just saying. All right, continue. Arsenal's <laughs> jumped all the way up to six. Also, Britney Spears. Here is my hot take on Tottenham. Nuno got fired because they are the only team left in the league with you guessed it zero draws the only team with no games <laughs> tied the only team with no game finishing their score the same as the other team's score just to drive my point home yep whereas you have norwich yep two ties and their manager is sitting pretty nice Good point <laughs> That's a direct correlation between job status and amount of ties. you've. Let's see who has the most ties. Patrick Vieira, Crystal Palace. People love Vieira. Mm -hmm. You tie the game. You don't piss people off. The opposing fans. You also keep your job because you didn't lose. Tottenham five L's. They actually have the most L's. That's that's too many L's to even pass the bar. That's more L's than you need to graduate. (laughs) Am I right (laughs) for all my lawyers out there? (laughs) Law school joke. Uh, Yeah, Tottenham's five L's, as a matter of fact, are more than anyone that is higher than 14th, higher than 15th in the table. Hmm. They have more L's than anyone below them. More L's than anyone below them up until Aston Villa in 15th. Okay. So 14th place squad, less L's than Tottenham. 13th, 12th, 11th, and 9th, all less L's than Tottenham. So yeah, did I just spend two minutes on my no draw
0: theory as to why Nuno got fired? Yeah, but it's possible. At the end of the day, thirty-eight points would uh, keep you from relegation,
1: right? Probably. And and that if that's their bar, if that's the bar, <laughs> then they are. <clears throat> that took me a second. Wow, that would be impressive. I would keep a manager on just to watch them the team draw every single game in a season. That would be amazing. <laughs> That would be a record. Uh, yeah, I did. Sure a, a I looked
0: it up. I think uh, 16 or 17 draws in a season was the record for the Prem. I
1: thought you were going to say held by Nashville, which we'll get, uh, to, well, we'll get to in yeah, a second. Yeah, we will
0: talk about that. Yeah, 17, they just hit.
1: So what's up with uh, Pochettino now at PSG? What's up with this trend of man- – we've talked about it in different weeks. We've talked about different managers. It's still sort of the same managers, but collectively – what's the deal with the manager market right now? Why is it so hot? Why are managers just going in and out in the door? Is it fair? Is it even the right move for these clubs or everyone's just overreacting?
2: You know, I think there's a there's a finite amount of world-class coaches that exist. And so whenever those coaches are sitting out in the wind, uh, their demand can, you know, skyrocket. And suddenly that they are being pulled to this team or that team. Um, it, it may feel like this, but there's there's been a moment where and maybe that's what you're referencing before. But Pochettino sat on the sideline for a year and a half with no other club knocking on his door, um, though some may have. We just don't know it. You have. Um, uh, Who's the other one? You had uh, uh, Allegri, uh, another one who just pulled into uh, Juventus, I believe. Um, it it happens where, where the, there, you may have a world-class manager who exists, uh, but the team that he would be inheriting doesn't actually fit his or her, but usually his here style of play. Uh, and so that's where you end up in these situations where these coaches are world-class, but they're square, they're square coaches and, and the holes they need to plug are circle circular. Um, you look at Zidane is another big name out there right now. He's looking for uh, something French. He wants to play, he wants to coach at PSG or he wants to coach the French national team is really what he's aiming for. Because he gets, he gets, that's a cushy job. That's a real easy job. Um, so, you know, w- we'll see. Uh, ultimately, it really does make it a little tough for you to to be a top, top club and um, pull in a top, top coach as they aren't in uh, readily supplied.
0: Yeah, I don't have the the news from preseason when Tottenham were looking for a coach or a new manager. Um, but I, I would imagine Conte was in the mix. It'd be interesting to look back and see, you know, okay, they went with Nuno Santos, who was their fifth pick or whatever. You know, they went through a whole bunch before they came down to him. If Conte had kind of strategically was like, nah, nah, maybe hoping that the collapse would be imminent. Now coming in for 18 month contract, that's probably large. I'm sure it's a large amount of money. Um, so Maybe some mind games being played by Conte. But as much as I think the Nuno firing is kind of um, out of left field, he was their fifth choice. So they were always a little dissatisfied going forward. It's a fair point. It's really interesting
1: thinking about the tier list of managers and the ones that get bucketed into certain roles certain club situations where it's like we need to hire someone that's going to save our season like we just need to hire someone in the premier league that's going to get points and guys out of work right now roy hodgson chris wilder uh folks that have coached mostly just like the crystal palace new newcastle sheffield uh you know aston villa a couple years ago before they became much more solid like those teams and sort of rotated between them that's certainly one Collection of coaches that seem to be getting older and have sort of aged out or are will in the next 10, 15 years, especially the one, the ones I just named are out of a job. Um, and then the peps and the clops are so rare and in such holy air that there's just no one at their level, at least in terms of dialogue when we're talking about managers. Um, so it's interesting when someone that's not in one of those tiers, like Javi. Is now being considered for the Barcelona job. Like, this is the next generation of coaches that we didn't grow up watching. We probably grew up watching play. And I don't know enough other names of like current players or players that were great 10 years ago. I mean, you get Lampard, John Terry, uh, Rooney was Rooney? He, coach? he, he coached, it was Derby County, but, or? but maybe Gerard. Gerard thank you thank you yeah Rangers still yeah yeah so like it is going to be this next generation of players that we have to think about as managers I guess five ten years from now is like elite level if they get there
2: the thing that we didn't really comprehend without inheriting soccer as our main culture is the amount of coaches that we watched growing up uh, and knowing that they were just recently a player Pep Guardiola when he stepped in to me was a no-name But I also like didn't know anything. It was just a coach to me. So when he grew into his stature, that was just accepted. That was cool. But now we are so aware of this game and and we have such a relatively deeper knowledge of all the players who have existed. Thank you, FIFA. Hashtag FIFA. That when they do start to fall into that managerial role, you, you recognize them and you say, oh, that's who they are. That's their context. Interesting. Like, wow, a lot of former players are now coaches. But lo and behold, it's always kind of just been that paradigm. It's a matter of, you know, how do you really determine success and 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 who will be successful? Um, much like whether or not, you know, we think the
1: Loons will be successful in their playoff hopes. Do we jump into MLS playoff battles, of which there are many right now? I think
0: we do. Kick us off, Ice, with your beloved Loons. Where, where are they yeah. at? Yeah, so MNUFC, a.k.a. the Loons, are have jumped up to fifth place in the Western Conference after a shockingly big, big win against Sporting Kansas City, who currently sits first in the Western Conference. So big upset for the team, very needed, uh, must win, and it uh, shot us up from eighth place to fifth place, which also means that we're precariously hanging out into the playoffs. Uh, there is a massive game today, LA Galaxy versus Seattle. And, you know, I have to say, shout out uh, Eli Lesser and early apologies because I'm a massive Seattle Sounders fan for the evening. <laughs> as I want two things I surely do not want to play Seattle in the playoffs in the first round. Um, and I definitely want to make the playoffs to begin with. So, them beating the Galaxy will <laughs> hopefully make both of these true. Well said. Yeah, it's pretty
1: crazy. You have from 4th down to ninth in the Western Conference, teams are sitting on the point values of 49, 48, 47, 46, 45, and 44 right now. So it's a, a stepping, a ladder of playoff contention right now in the Western Conference. And at the top, the number 1, 2, and 3 seeds right now, clubs, sporting Seattle Sounders and the Rapids from Colorado. Are all sitting on fifty-eight points, which I must have blinked. I didn't pay enough attention to the MLS in the last month or so. Because where did the Rapids come from? How how are the Colorado Rapids tied for first in the Western Conference? What?
2: Yeah, I, I was I was trying to read that over your shoulder. And I was like, I don't think he's reading that properly. There's no way Colorado's <laughs> in the in the mix. That's wild. Yeah, definitely uh, ignorant to what's what's going on in the states here. Uh, also, uh, I don't know how you're supposed to predict like like we should make a bracket we should make a bracket for how we think the the western like who's gonna win the western and and it's kind of like like college like uh like uh, march madness where you can get a ton of points if you just guess who's gonna be in the one through seven seed and then from there figure it out like you're not supposed to know because i don't think any of these i mean do you guys feel like that top three is gonna stay in that order it's just gold differential
0: now that's wild it looks like uh, Sporting in Seattle have a game in hand over Colorado, so they'll probably sit third. Colorado will, um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 mean, it's gonna, it, it will probably undoubtedly be Seattle one, Sporting two, Colorado three, just because Seattle, Seattle.
1: Shocker for LAFC sitting in ninth right now, who still have a shot, who still have a very real shot, uh, if they can. If they win both their last games, they'll be in. If they win one of them, depends how the Galaxy fare tonight, depends on Vancouver. Um, Real Salt Lake's also ahead of them, but they're so star-studded and not that they have the same exact expectations they did three years ago or four years ago when they had the highest points in the league and they made the conference finals two or three years in a row, even last year, right? Or two years ago, maybe I'm thinking of. But they make the playoffs every year and usually falter there. That's the story with LAFC. So if they don't even make the playoffs this year, hard for them. Their trajectory seems to be headed in the wrong direction. With Bradley at the helm, right? Still, I think it's Bob Bradley.
0: Bob. BB. Robbie. Yeah, no, massive games. And the last day of the regular season, correct me if I'm wrong, looks like. Uh, Sunday, November seventh. So, by golly, it's this coming Sunday, and massive games: Galaxy versus uh, MNUFC, Vancouver versus Seattle. Honestly, every single Western Conference game is a massive game. Uh, so, uh, that'll be fun. Love to see it.
1: Every game with implications. Bottom three, since we've hit on every other section of the Western Conference before we go to the East. Bottom three. All teams from Texas. Interesting. Not only are they the furthest south geographically, they needed to match that in the standings. Are they further south than Florida teams? <laughs> oh, geographically? Probably not. But in the standings, yes. Nice. 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 Tough first season for Austin. They actually started out all right. Maybe not all right. I just remembered the win that they had in like their fifth game. <laughs> <laughs> so they did finish in last in their inaugural season, but... That's all right. A lot of good support, great energy in Austin. The fans are always there. Stadiums packed. Sweet stadium. You got Matt McConaughey, just great ownership group. But can Hopefully you, they get better.
2: Can you really say you haven't won, you know, when you have a, a when you have a full crowd, a packed house? That's that's how you know you've had a
1: good day. And then in the Eastern Conference, we've got one team to rule them all, and it's the New England Revolution. Am I the only one who's like, guys, you want to ease
2: up? Like you got 20 points. You've lapped some of these teams. Like you need to take it easy. Like, like when they hit the playoffs, are they going to be just like not ready? You know, they spent all their gas.
0: Right. That's a. I think I feel like that's a problem with New England. They they were sort of like the Washington Capitals of the NHL. They just dominate in regular season, unreal stats, uh, and then playoffs start and you lose. So. To be honest, they're not a threat. Seattle will always and forever be the biggest threat in the playoffs.
1: It is interesting that Matt Turner, their goalkeeper's rise on the U.S. men's national team, has coincided with this heck of a season. Not that their defense is is crazy stellar; they've given up 40 goals, but they've got some big names: him, Henry Kessler. I'm trying to think who else? They've got some names that have played for the U.S. men's national team, and then Carlos Heel and. Uh, they don't have Buchanan. Uh, I, think, yeah, I think he's Is he sporting KC? I'm just making making it up. I'm going to say yes. No, the Revs. It is the Revs. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So they've got some big, they've got some star power. And that's why they're cleanly on top. But then those last couple seeds, same as the Western Conference. you have got teams on uh, 48, 47, 46, 44, 44, 43. Most of them or half of them with two games left. So who knows? Who knows? We'll make the playoffs. Red Bulls sitting right on the edge. Atlanta United, Orlando City, D.C. United, Columbus, Montreal, Montreal, Montreal.
2: Wild that Columbus really has just fallen. This yeah, fall. I was just thinking that. After winning after winning the ship, I'm curious how many teams have, have not made it into the playoffs the
0: following year. Yeah. So, can we talk about Nashville? Crazy stats. I mean, Eli, please, for us, read their wins, ties, losses.
1: The anti, you're, you're referring to the anti Tottenham Hotspurs.
0: Nashville <laughs> yes,
1: SC, 12 wins, 17
0: draws, and four Ls. Four losses. That's a league best with New England. It's mm-hmm. insane. It actually begs the question okay, when playoffs start and you actually have to play overtime are you going to perform? Like, can you actually win games or just draw like is drawing? Is that the best bet?
1: They had a stretch in the early to middle of the season where they just would not lose. And they kept going down in games, even by two goals, like multiple games in a row, they drew two, two, and they went down 2 0. and you obviously need to be able to win games in the playoffs, but it's the old, not the old adage of offense, defense, but like, you win games or you just not lose games. And there's something to be said for that level of stinginess, that level of perseverance, fight that you build up as a muscle. And then when it comes time, you just will not let yourself lose. Yep. And then at some point, it comes down to PKs, and that's just like different from any soccer game. But the thing with the, with the playoffs
2: that, that just varies, and that's why this is an American version of world soccer. But uh, with with the playoffs, you do need. That cutting edge, that winning spirit, that that person who's going to break through and pull out that win. You can play defensively. Defense will get you there. Uh, but I think if, if you don't have the hammer blow, if you can't really outmuscle them at the right moment, y- you will suffer. Um, I know that if I were any other team, I would feel comfortable playing a team that just ties a lot. Versus a team that might be mercurial and maybe has a lot of losses, but also puts in a ton of goals. You know, that's a real wild card. Versus a team that's an absolute just, you know, sitting block and they don't change anything. So, I don't know. I, yeah. Pretty
0: impressive. That's fair. We should also mention that uh, they actually have very, rep, you know, respectable goals for and goals against. Um, 54 goals for, which is third best in the east um and the lowest goals against uh tied with new york red bulls so they score and they play good defense it's a pretty good winning combination begs the question why they didn't win more uh but you know our boy dan lovitz shout out um we wish him the best and you know it'd be really awesome if he brought home the ship let you know the footy fellas kiss the uh trophy <laughs> maybe drink some chocolate oatly from the bowl <laughs> i don't know what the trophy actually looks like but uh that'd be nice dan just think about it just think about it if you're listening if you're still listening to your old pals the footy fellows
1: they it was tough to watch them in the playoffs last year because we just talked with dan a couple times in the pod was really rooting for them and they just couldn't score goals so the same thing they were drawing, but it does feel like a real difference this year. They brought in CJ Sapong, they've played a little more offensively. You've seen Dan streaking forward a lot in highlights of Nashville games. So maybe the mindset, the tactics have shifted. Definitely rooting for Nashville. Should we do a quick round round robin? Who we got winning it all, and we'll we'll finish this up. Ice, you want to go first?
0: All right. In my heart of hearts, MN UFC, aka the Loons, are going to win it all. But in my brain. The logical part, I am going to take Seattle Sounders because they always do well and it's horrible, but good for them.
2: Um, I, romantically, I want the Loons, all right? I see, and so that's why I'm calling a Loons make a championship. They make their first championship appearance this year. Unfortunately, they run into... The most dominant team in MLS history, the Revs, uh, who cap off an unbelievable season uh, with with a ship um, before before trading all their players to the Fire
1: (laughs) for rebranding as the Chicago Fire, right? Before they relocate to Chicago, yes. Thank you. I also have to go with the Revs. I'm sorry, I can't. I would love to see the Loons win one playoff game. That would make me happy. Happy for you. I see, depending on who they play, I could see it. If they stick around the middle, like you said, they stick in that fifth seed. They have a shot if they're not playing Seattle in the first round. Um, But it just feels like the Western Conference teams this year, they don't have that kind of dominance Mm -hmm. that makes you trust them in the final game. Mm -hmm. And would love to see Nashville. Could I see Nashville? Orlando City. I was just taking another look at their lineup. If DK has found his form, he's been scoring a couple of goals of late. He's a, he's a world-class striker. He would played incredible for Barnsley in the championship and he's back and he's finally found some form and you can't count out Nani, Chris Mueller, some of these, you know, these older veteran players in the league. So I could see Orlando city making a surprise run, but it always comes back to new England with the buy in the first round of the playoffs. Hard to go against that. So we've got two revs, one loons and one of you because you're unique and you're special. And we thank you for listening
0: and we'll see you next week. Take it easy. See you next week.